0: Today's sermon text comes from Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, Matthew 13:15. Sorry, Matthew 13:15. all these teens everywhere. Uh, hear now the inspired words of God. "For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So is anybody here stressed? Like busy? Any of you so busy that you're about to get the headache of doom? Right? Sometimes I feel like I bounce like a ping pong ball. You know, until I just collapse in bed. I just have days. Monday was one of those, just all this unexpected stuff. I got home at the end of the day, and I was like, oh, I've been beat up by this. You know, it's just a big day. Don't we all have days or maybe weeks or years like that? When I took this assignment from y'all to find God at a taco truck, Uh, I was expecting delight. I was expecting a little bit of rest, one of my favorite things, breakfast tacos. I heart tacos. I grew up in San Antonio, early adopter of the breakfast taco. Um, Back in the 90s, I was in. Um, So it, it was surprising to me where I found God, that it was this prophetic message that God spoke to me at a taco truck about our busyness. And God proposed this solution that, though it's hard, could give me and you back 30 minutes every day, an hour maybe every day. And I've been so excited to share it with you, to share with you where I found God at this taco truck. So the, the setup for where I found God is I went to... Well, first of all, I Googled, because you said food truck. And of course, my mind went to tacos, because that's where my mind goes. So I Googled, where should I go? Which taco truck is getting a lot of buzz, or which food truck? I, you know, I'm not going to discriminate. But Food Network ranks a taco in Austin that comes from a taco truck as one of the top five breakfast tacos in the nation. Okay? Top five in the nation breakfast tacos. <laughs> I'm in, right? Tell me where that taco truck is and I'm going to it. So it's this little blue taco truck. I got the address. It's in South Austin. All the better, right? I'm not driving to Pflugerville or something like that. South Austin. It's right off Ben White, but it's really hidden. I drove past it once, and I finally found it. It's kind of tucked away. They've only got about 10 parking spots. So all of the people who have come to eat one of the top five breakfast tacos in the nation are spilling out into the neighborhood. The neighbors have put up signs saying, you know, so we're we're trying to find a place to park where we're not going to get towed and we're not going to be in somebody's front lawn. And so we found a place. I had some friends. And we began to walk back to the taco truck. It was a bit of a hike. And it was July, the end of July that I did this. Man, y'all, even at 9 a.m., breakfast taco time, it was 90 degrees at 100% humidity. So I was sweating. I had that awful little sweat running down. Oh, Oh, And I think that's okay. I am going to find God. I am going to eat this amazing breakfast taco. Let's see if it's up to my high standards, you know, if it's that good. And I'm going to look for God in this fun space which has no air conditioning, right? Because it's a taco truck. So I get there and we my friends and I I ordered two tacos just to make sure I had the full experience and we sit and wait. Now, as I sit down at these picnic tables which were shaded, thank you to God. I start to look around at everybody else who's there in South Austin at the taco truck with me, and I realize the cool factor here is off the charts, right? Everybody looks like they, if you came as a photographer and took a picture, they could be on the cover of Austin Monthly Magazine to represent the cool, hip Austin vibe, except for maybe me, right? I look like I'm from Spicewood, and I represent, I love it here, but I did not fit in, right? And so everybody, even in 90-degree weather, there's a dude with skinny jeans, right? Man buns, sleeve tattoos, moleskin notebooks, everybody's got their rescue dog, because, you know, you're not going to have a normal dog. You're going to have a rescue dog with a story about where you rescued him. Everybody's just, and I'm like, wow. This one guy had footwear I have never seen before. Never seen this footwear. It, it had writing on it. And he's standing in line kind of behind me, and I I knew his shoes said something, and it had to be something cool, so I just am trying to read his shoes while not looking like a freak, and I never could. I couldn't figure out what his shoes said. So I decided I'm just going to sit in the sea of cool, let it wash over me, and look for God, right? And right about then, my little buzzer goes off, and I went up and got my tacos They are incredible. Every bite, just the salsa and the amigas, it was so, so good. So definitely put it on your list. So I'm savoring these tacos. I'm being with my friends, and my friends who knew I was looking for God, my friend across from me says, hey, Laura, look behind you, but don't look like you're looking, okay? Just kind of glance, and she said, that couple has been up to the taco truck three times, okay? So I'm going to show you. I said, can you get a picture so she got a picture. <laughs> this one and this one. And you can't really tell what you're doing because you can't take pictures of people like, I'm going to take a picture of you. Um, but my friend whispers to me, she's, I said, is it a problem with their order? Because, I mean, that could be a place to find God and disappointment. She said, no, they're taking pictures. Okay, do you see that? So he's got his phone. You can't really tell right here. But what they did is they'd set up like this and they'd take pictures of each other. Taco truck, right? And she's... Uh, I looked around, and she's behind me, so I couldn't do it very much, but she's like this. (laughs) Right? The duck lips for the cell phone picture. And what they were trying to do, my friend whispered to me, she said they've come back three times, so they go up to the salsa, right? They go, they stand in front of the truck. Whatever they're doing, they're trying to get the perfect picture, and they're failing at it, so they keep coming back to get the perfect shot. And so I... I was intrigued and I started watching them. They I'm eating my tacos and I saw they got their tacos. Well, what do you what do you know they do when they get their tacos? Well, then there's more. Right? Taco! You know, look at my food. And, but the whole time, after they took pictures of each other and themselves eating the tacos, guess what they were doing? Right, so And God met me at this taco truck as I watched this couple interacting with technology, missing the whole world around them the entire time they were there. And I kind of got a picture that day of, I got in my head this scripture where Jesus says, you can have ears but not know how to use them, and you can have eyes but shut them, and you can miss what's going on in the world around you. And I looked at that couple, and I thought, they came to eat one of the nation's best breakfast tacos, right? That's why they're excited to be here. Did they even taste it? Did they even taste it? Do they remember it? Or do they only have a picture of it on social media? Are we missing the experiences of our lives because of our phones. Now, don't panic. God did not say to me in that moment, so, Laura, tell your church that we need to all pull out our phones, throw them in the center of the sanctuary, and burn them, right? God didn't say to me, these phones that you carry, Laura, they are evil, okay? God just put these two things together in my mind. I pastor a church where All of us admit and are pained by how busy we are. All of us would give anything for 30 minutes extra a day. And God said, I can give it to you if you learn how to put your phone down. Because a phone, as wonderful as it is, is a huge temptation. I mean, it's wonderful, y'all don't think it's evil. It's wonderful that we can FaceTime people and I always have a map everywhere I want to go. I don't need a GPS anymore, right? I can email you about urgent things. If you contact me, you can call me. I don't have to sit at the office for you to get a hold. I mean, we could go on and on. But it's in temptation too. It's a growing temptation in our culture. Every culture faces this temptation to shut their ears and close their eyes in a different way. Every generation, even Jesus, has had their way. Ours is this. How many hours a day, because it's hours, do you think the average American spends on their phone? It's three and a half. Three and a half hours the average one of us spend on our phone. Chiropractors are now treating something that they call text neck, Right? it's a thing. It's a thing. Okay, so what would God say to us? God would not say that it's evil, we have to put it away, but if we're going to find God in our world, if we're going to connect with the people that God has given us, if we're going to have time for prayer, we're going to have to be the boss of the phone choose so it doesn't shift our priorities without our consent, so we don't get clickbait and just go places, okay? So if you want to examine your life and especially see, am I an average American? Am I below average? That would be amazing in this case, right? Above average, you're in danger if you're on the phone for seven hours. There are apps that help you do this, So if you have an Android, most of y'all know what that is, right? Android. If you have an Android phone, there's an app I found called Quality Time, which will let you see which apps you are using, how much screen time you are spending on your phone on a day or a week, and then it will let you set limits. So I'd encourage you, if you're an Android user, to download that and look at it at the end of this week and just let God speak to you about that. Now, if you're on an iPhone like me, Apple has been less willing to share their usage data, so you have to do workarounds. Although, interesting, get out your phones, okay? Um, Try if you have an iPhone. I'll show you how to do this. Uh, You can try not to peek at everybody else's usage. This is a private moment, but I'll, I'll show you something in a minute. So this weekend, Apple, if you downloaded the new iOS, it changed it. Apple is showing you something new because apparently they know that we're having problem with screens. If you are like me, um, old school iOS, then what you do is you go to settings right here. Um, It may not be here, but it looks like this. Then you go to battery and it will show you your usage for the last 24 hours and the last seven days. As a percentage, if you click it, it'll tell you how many minutes and hours you have spent on that app. Now, interesting, Leah said, Mom, I updated, and look, my phone, now if you go to settings, again, it says screen time. <gasps> and then it'll show, this is like 9, eight, wait, today at 2.55. Okay, she's not that bad. 45 minutes of screen time. Um, you can schedule downtime to be away from your screen and set app limits, set time limits for your apps. So if you don't know how to do that, now you do. And isn't it interesting that Apple thinks we're spending too much time on our phones. Ooh, it's bad. Okay, so I knew about these limits, and um, I was praying about this message, and as I did, I realized I had never checked my own limits. I had never checked where I was using my phone. I was kind of a little scared to do it. And one morning as I'm praying, God said, hey, if you're going to have your people check it, Pastor Laura, let's look at what you're doing. So we're imperfect people here. I'm going to be a little bit open with y'all, and I'd like to show you where I've been spending my time, at least this week that I checked. So I I went to my battery, and uh, at first I was like, boom, yeah, the Bible, you know, the three and a half hours on the screen and one and a half in the background. It's been reading the Bible to me. I am I'm, I'm worthy of being your pastor, right? I felt good about this, and then I looked at messages. I'm like, okay, that's work. You know, a lot of this is work here. I write sermons to Pandora. Oh no. That's a domino game. <sighs> um, that's a domino game called 42. I used to play 42 with real people in college, and I loved it. But you have to have three other real people who know how to play the game, and then recently I found out that they have this app where you don't have to have real people anymore. You can just play the domino game, and I love that domino game. I love it. And, uh, I love it a lot, 3.2 hours, oh, guys, oh, wow, that hurts. That hurts. And immediately my mind starts saying, well, but think about when you play the domino game. You were just waiting, it's 27 minutes a day, I kind of did the math on that, in this week. where were those 27 minutes a day? And the loud voice in my head said, well, when you're waiting for the kids, you know, you're waiting to pick them up or there's a basketball game or before you go to bed, right? Before I go to bed, I like to unwind and play dominoes. And then another voice said, can we just be honest here? Don't you know that there are times when you have come home from work and you've gotten everything unloaded and you have pulled out your phone and sat on the couch and played your fun little domino game while the kids are at home. You guys, if you were to ask me, just ask me, do I love my kids or a domino game more? It's the kids. And if you were to ask me, do I have enough time with them? Do I have enough time looking them in their eyes and asking them about their days and helping them work through their problems or just playing with Asher? If you asked me, do I have enough time, I would say no. I am so busy. I work so hard. I get called away late at night. I would tell you that, and it's true. But if I gave up a domino game... I would have 30 more minutes every day with my kids. What about you? You know, for some of y'all, you'll say, well, it's online shopping. <laughs> I see nudges. Some of y'all say it's the news. I'm a news junkie. Some of y'all, it's sports. Right? Sometimes it's surfing the web. If, y'all have told me about your fun games, jigsaw puzzle and crossword puzzles and different things. And some of y'all say, man, I have a flip phone, so I don't even have this problem. Okay, well, there's something. Okay, because Jesus said, Jesus said, you can see but not see. You can hear but not hear. And this is what is keeping people in his day and in our day from seeing him in the world and the people around us. There's something, whether it's this phone that you carry everywhere with you, or whether it's something else. You know, every generation struggles with this. It was the radio at one point and that evil television and record players. and I mean, video games, that's what it was when I was younger. Video games, Mario Brothers. But you guys, if you could get 30 minutes a day with the people that you love, with God, You'd take it, right? Even if it meant putting your phone away. It's hard, but we should take it. And here's some of the ways that we can do that. Um, Here's some of the ways that you don't need to burn the phone. You don't need to think that it's evil, but you need to say, I'm in control. And I'm not going to let it shift my priorities without my consent. I'm not going to let it steal time that I could have with God or with other people. I'm going to decide. So you could go into your app, or your quality time or your screen time app, and you could say, here's the limit that I think would be healthy. And then your phone will do it for you. Right? Another healthy thing is when you get home or when you're out with your friends, wherever you are, be there. Be fully there. Put the phone away. If you get home, the tablets, the, the computers, turn them off. You know, don't just sleep them. Turn them off. You can just put them in, if they're not a desktop, you can put them in a place and you say, now it's away. And if you're going to go engage with it, that means somebody sees you walking over there to pick up your phone. Make your kids do this. They're going to love you for that. They're going to love me for that, right? Another thing you can do is change your notifications. Um, It used to be every email I got popped up on my screen. And that meant, I'm your pastor. I want to help you deal with problems. I was never not working, and a pastor friend of mine said, Laura, just change the notifications so that you check email when you check email when you decide instead of it coming to you, push notifications. Um, I would say that for sports, too. Any of y'all have on your screens, like, your phone is telling you what you're missing on TV? Kevin has that. I'm like, what, are you, what is it notifying? Oh, what I'm missing, what game I'm missing right now. It's tell- ESPN is telling me, you better go turn on the TV change that notification. Make it be to where when you check the app, that's when it's going to tell you stuff instead of it pushing things to you. News. If you're a news junkie, change the notifications. Just you be in control of the phone. The final thing I would suggest, and this could be the best thing of all, is that you fast from technology. Um, So this would mean that, you know, we used to fast from food, And that is a beautiful spiritual practice. But if I could choose what you would fast from, for most of you, our average American, 3.5 hours a day, I would say fast from this. And what that means is pick a day of the week. Tuesday's our day. Where when you go to work or when you have to do things, school, you use the technology, but when you get home or in the morning, it's dark. You're not turning on the TV. You're not turning on the computer. You're not on your phone. You put it away. Now, when we first did this with our kids, who are teenagers, uh -uh, they were like, oh, no, death. Well, the first night that we did this, we had a a no-screen night. We fasted from technology. We actually got out our ping-pong table, which we never have time for, and we played ping-pong together. And then the next time, the next week rolled around, and we played a board game, which we also feel like we never have time for guess what? When you put the screens away, you have time. I found God at a taco truck. In that prophetic call that we are so engaged with technology that it can keep us from seeing God and hearing God, from seeing the blessings in our lives, from hearing the blessings in our lives. And so friends, When you think about this, think, I'm going to be in control. It won't control me. I'll be in control. I'll decide. I'll put it down sometimes so that I won't be an average American, right? Don't be average. Swim against a very strong current. Reclaim your time. And you're going to be amazed where you see God in the world around you, where you hear God's voice speaking to you when you just... Put your phone down every now and then. Let's pray. God, we know that technology can be such a temptation. And we know that it's not a bad thing. But it does take a lot of our time that if we were thinking about it, we wouldn't consciously give to technology. We would give it to you. We would give it to the people we love. And so, God, help us to treat technology as a spiritual practice, to fast when we need to, to limit um, our interactions with technology so that, Jesus, we're not the ones who have ears but can't hear and eyes but can't see. But we open our eyes and we open our ears and we encounter you throughout this beautiful life that you've given us. We ask this in your powerful name. Amen.